1: Welcome everybody. My name is Wei Ting and we are live with the very first edition of the Wellness Policy. What is this thing? What did you why did you click on this? What what are we here to talk about? There's no wrestling show to cover. I have no idea. Well, you'll soon find out because uh, joining me is somebody who I'm extremely excited to present to the post-wrestling audience. You may have heard him before on Up Next. You may have heard him recently on the PWT cast from our friends, but uh, never, um, I suppose, in this context on one of our shows. And uh, I've enjoyed my conversation so much with this man that we decided to just start a whole brand new show with him. His name is Jordan Goodman. Jordan, how are you doing?
2: Yes, yes, yes. I'm feeling good. I have a show with Wei Ting on post-wrestling. Like, what a way to spend my Thursday afternoon. Thanks for having me, dude.
1: I can't, you know, usually, like, we would probably have these conversations anyway on a Thursday. So now I think we just decided to put them, you know, to an audience and, and let other people join in as well. But uh, very, you know, um, uh, to start off, I think we we should hear a bit more about you. Who are you, Jordan Goodman?
2: Oh, what a question to be asked! Um, I am—I'm someone who believes that life improves when we feel most meaningfully connected. And since I was very young, I found that music and pro wrestling are two pretty consistent things that have often made me feel more connected to myself uh, and other people and the world more generally. Um, That is kind of what I fuck with. Uh, I know we're going to get into a concept called flow later today, Um, and. I guess intuitively these are things that I've paid attention to much of the work I've done and much of the creative projects and community I've been involved with, uh, has something to do with music and pro wrestling.
1: And what are some of the things you have been professionally involved with? Uh,
2: so I've been a professional musician, uh, since I was a teenager, uh, in the ways that most of us typically think of what a drummer may do. Uh, I teach music. Uh, I often, uh, play and perform in bands. I've been doing that for a while and have toured and put out many records in in certain rock bands. Uh, And I've also become a licensed psychotherapist. And through that, uh, I guess, mode field, perhaps uh, I was able to continue being a drummer and more musician more generally. So uh, in my graduate uh, program in clinical and counseling psychology, uh, I just found ways to incorporate drumming and rhythm uh, into that field and for about six years, I've been a licensed psychotherapist and just about all of the clinical work that I have done has used drumming and rhythm. In addition to non-clinical work, I'll, I'll go uh, do keynotes and presentations and workshops at conferences and in the workplace and things like that, where I'm bringing rhythm and uh, and drumming a bit more specifically uh, experiences uh, to, quote, non-musicians uh, for all kinds of different outcomes, whether it's stress reduction or team building or leadership development, uh, for example. In addition to that, I was trained and performed as a pro wrestler when I was 14 years old. That was fucking weird, uh, but really uh, exciting and cool, uh, especially now that I think about uh, why would they let a 14-year-old like pre-puberty even do that? Uh, But it was amazing. And a few years ago, I also uh, had a full-time job with uh, Ring of Honor Wrestling, and I I had a leadership position in a communications and branding role. And I did that for uh, about two years, Uh, and I left shortly after the G1 Supercard in spring of 2019. So that's some of what I've done uh, within music and pro wrestling
0: way.
1: You know, I guess I never even really specifically have asked you about um, your role in Ring of Honor too much. Um, That would have been actually the first time I would have met you, would have been at an ROH show. I believe it was a Supercard of Honor. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, and that was the only time you and I have met face-to-face. I was working the show, and it was like intermission time, and I I went up and I met John. And then I ended up sitting in your seat for about 30 minutes chatting with John. uh, Yeah, you stole my seat, dude. I know. I had nowhere else Uh, to go. It was, it was a great awkward. seat. I, I it was the seat <laughs> that I picked out for you guys, of course. Um, and then, as I left to continue my work for the night, uh, I probably shook your hand and said, "Hey, nice to meet you." And and that was it.
1: Let's host a podcast together in five years. Is what we said.
2: Life <laughs> is funny, people. Anything can happen.
1: But but you, uh, in particular, you said you were in charge of some of the branding and, and promotions for for the ROH. Is that right?
2: Yes. Yeah, so- Yeah, they created a position for me. I pitched myself. Uh, I don't think they were necessarily looking for someone like me, uh, but I was looking to do something with them. I had developed a a relationship with uh, someone of note within that uh, company for uh, a good while at that point. And I asked for an opportunity just to share some of my ideas. And I spent uh, a good amount of time just studying their business and studying uh, just the genre of pro wrestling and even more generally just uh, entertainment and live events. And I found my open field. I found my white space and I presented here the things that I think uh, could either be improved uh, or you're just not executing on and here are some solutions and why I may be a good person to do that. Uh, And then like three, four months later, I had a full-time job. I don't even know if that's what I was looking for, but I started going to the Ring of Honor office more mornings than not, and, and anything related to uh, communications, branding, marketing, uh, that was kind of my responsibility, which was really cool because that meant I got to work uh, in all aspects of the company, whether that was uh, publicity uh, or video production, uh, I, I ran the social media, uh, the, the live events, obviously, um, everything that you know, that company was brand touches and communication touches. So, uh, even creative meetings and all that. It was um it was a thrill, honestly, to be a part of the business in in those ways.
1: See, all those things considered, I mean, you know, I I guess I really just knew of you at that point as somebody who I uh you know worked for ROH. I didn't realize really at the time, I guess your background in, in psychotherapy. Uh, I think I had an idea of your musicianship because I've seen you—you know—you've tagged me in photos of like um, your your performances because uh, um, I was as a drummer should on Facebook. Yes, uh, but I I I feel like you are a tremendous resource for a professional wrestling audience because you're a cross section of so many things that I find interesting, and so somebody who not just understands perhaps from I guess uh, I don't know uh, our, our the perspective of talking to a wrestling fan. Uh, but also talking being able to talk to people about topics that wrestling fans don't usually ever talk about, that is part of why I was so excited to start a show like this is because in our community um I, first of all i'm extremely lucky enough to ha- even have a community to have an audience that pays attention to anything that we have to say uh and now, something I think we've discovered over the years, John and I is that people seem to have an appetite as much for you know hearing about non-wrestling things as they do about the wrestling things themselves so at this point in our our kind of like existence as post-wrestling I felt like there was a real craving for podcasting that's out there that isn't you know just like another wrestling review podcast or even an MCU review podcast I mean me personally that's the type of podcasting I kind of want to hear a bit more of these days um, you know, um, I want to not just learn more about the hosts that I listened to, but I want to learn more about the audience that, you know, um, listens to us and might call in from time to time beyond just what they think about, you know, that night's wrestling. So I thought you were a great resource to help bring that. Um, before we move on, maybe we should perhaps talk about some of the reasons why we started the show and what we hope to achieve. And, sure. Uh, yeah. Once you, what, what are you hoping to get out of this?
2: So one, look, it's been uh, almost two years since I've been working in pro wrestling in, in some sort of like very engaged way beyond just being a fan and chatting about it with friends. Uh, so I miss that. I love wrestling. As I mentioned earlier, ever since I was a little kid, pro wrestling was one of the things that I felt most naturally attracted to. It's always been one of the things that gave me energy and that's worth paying attention to and seeking out opportunities to engage in those ways. So, uh, I I love you and John. I've been listening to you guys uh, since about 2013, I believe. And I really have been attracted to the community, more specifically, that that you guys have built, uh, which is just a reflection of your own personalities and interests and the things that are important to you, not just as wrestling fans, but as human beings, uh, to your point earlier. Um, So I want to be involved in pro wrestling. That makes me feel good. I also find it to be important to... Uh, introduce some of these topics uh, and, and ideas that we're, we're hoping to do starting today with the wellness policy uh, around mental wellness and, and perhaps around just creativity more generally and, and maybe even uh, you know, creative entrepreneurship uh, and community building. Uh, these are human things. I mean, we are far more similar, all of us, and the people that uh, are not wrestling fans, we are far more similar than we are different. Uh, just simply by the fact that we're human beings. And I think when we start engaging in these ways, uh, we end up becoming happier, uh, healthier, uh, more effective. And and the more we can do that individually and in small communities, uh, well, then we start having healthier, more productive, happier societies. Uh, and the pro wrestling community is niche, but it's massive. It, it's full of millions of people globally. Uh, and I want to have these chats and, and see who... Uh, with whom it resonates within the pro wrestling community to start talking about mental wellness more specifically. You
1: know, especially in a year like the past one, I, I feel like now more than ever, I, I think people are paying attention to their mental well-being. And, you know, the problem is I I sometimes I wonder how much material there is that I, I suppose is familiar enough with them that they would go and seek out that isn't just kind of something that's really dry. um. And and I think like there's it's important to just, you know, make a conversation about something like mental health or even like personal career advice, making all that feel natural. Like it's just a part of any daily conversation and not just something that we specialize. Um, So maybe hopefully we can kind of ease people in if they're not used to that conversation. Uh, And I know there are several people perhaps listening right now that, you know, have careers in mental health as well. I'd be very curious to know uh, about your your insights and what you guys have personally i'm i'm just i'm just here to ask questions like i know very little um especially you know in comparison to professionals like yourself but i'm just here to 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 learn more so uh my personal aim is just to perhaps be able to facilitate that sort of conversation um i also just kind of want to like try a new form of like podcasting that's just a bit different from the norm um i i feel like you know i can only go so far with like the wrestling news thing because john is just Got that covered, and he's so good at it, whereas I feel like my offerings might be a bit different, so I'm here to kind of like investigate what what I can do what I can bring to the table is in my own path essentially maybe at this point we should talk about the the main topic of, about this particular show so uh just to give you guys a, an idea you know when brainstorming perhaps like what the contents of this show were um i I think we initially like we were thinking about just a free flowing topic but um you know no pun intended i had brought up that i was currently in the midst of reading a book over the winter holidays name flow jordan had actually read it and from that point on we just kind of decided to focus on this cuz it kind of falls in line with what we want to talk about so would you mind introducing the concept of flow
2: sure so very generally flow is just simply a state of mind or i would even say uh, a state of being and uh, we experience this all the time, uh, at least I hope many of us do. Um, you know, when when we feel like almost time stands still because we're just completely immersed in some enjoyable activity, um, then that's starting to talk about what a flow state could be. Um, you know, we can spend a bit more time sharing more about the, the, the actual like theori- theory. Um, and, and models presented in in this specific book um, by this researcher who coined the term in in, in the late eighties, early nineties.
1: Um, and, and if people care to follow along, the the book uh, the, the name of the book is called Flow, and the name of the author is Nihai Csikszentmihalyi.
2: Can you spell that way, Ting?
1: Oh God, I'm not even without looking. To try. Yeah, uh, you know, I
2: I, no. I noticed his his first name. Is also the second half of his last name
1: oh yeah, I'm sure that's probably like a cultural thing,
2: yeah, yeah I quite enjoyed that yes. Hungarian I believe he is
1: Hungarian is that right okay um yeah, sorry, please continue
2: um uh oh, first, I'm curious way why was this the book uh you you presented this to me now, I mm-hmm. was introduced to this book uh in undergrad probably two thousand Six or seven, I was in an existential psychology class and just learning about different, uh, more perhaps holistic models or theories of of psychology and and clinical psychotherapy. Uh, So that's when that book came into my life and I read it. Um, I was happy to read it again. Uh, 15 years later, I'm a completely different human being and could relate to it in, in deeper ways. But this was your idea. So I'm wondering how the book flow came to you.
1: Well, um, you know, like many people, uh, you know, I aspire to be a bit more of a reader. Uh, It's certainly something I've not paid that much attention to in my life uh, for most of my life growing up. But as an adult now, I I definitely like part of I think of it is just like I'm looking at my phone so much. I'm just looking for other things to do. I'm looking at screens so much. I'm looking for other things to do. Meanwhile, I got a screen to read the book, too. But uh, it's a different type of screen. But, you know, I'm looking for book recommendations and I'm somebody who's always been interested in uh, self-improvement. And this was a book that um, I think uh, was, you know, recommended to me on some sort of list. And just reading the description of, of what it was, I think I gravitated towards it because I think I'm somebody who has naturally like picked up on, you know, the the idea that there are some things I can do forever and not get bored and not get sick of them. And I come out of the experience with a lot of uh, fulfillment and something that, like, really kind of stood out to me, you know, was the idea that working out is, like, I hate working out. It's, like, it's not fun. Uh, getting on a treadmill is boring. Like, I like lifting weights, but it, even that's, like, got its own kind of, like, chore attached to it. Um, it wasn't until, like, finding something like jiu that, to me, was, like, both fun and also, like, got me into the best shape of my life at that time that I realized, wow, like here's something I can do that is like helping me achieve this goal of mm-hmm. like, you know, getting fitter while also at the same time, like not making me feel like I'm doing anything difficult. Mm-hmm. So I was in my life looking for other things that were like that, that I can apply to things that I can, you know, where I can, um you know, make myself better. And um, it's it's a bit of a challenge from time to time. At least I haven't really like had somebody, you know. So like when I saw that there was a book kind of diving into the concept of you know, what are these things that we do that we can do for a long time that we don't get get tired of and that make us feel at least the most alive, um, I wanted to read more about it.
2: Cool. So I mean, look, maybe we could use jujitsu as an example. I mean, for me, playing, especially performing music, has always been one of the most intense peak flow states that I can, uh, mm-hmm. I, I have found that that I can achieve. Um, I mean, I feel most powerful and most confident and most energized and just most connected uh, when I'm performing drums uh, and performing more specifically, there's something about the dynamic between having an audience that I'm interacting with uh, compared to just jamming with some friends uh, in, in a music space, for instance. Um, but so as we talk about the theory of flow, uh, there's there's a couple conditions uh, that, that the researcher kind of uh, lays out. So it's a challenging activity that requires skill uh, in which we have a chance of succeeding. So if we break that down a bit, I think it's interesting in that there is challenge involved. Like to flow doesn't necessarily mean that we're just going to like chill out and just do nothing. That That isn't this definition of a flow state. Um, there is... Uh, some level of challenge involved. And if we have the skills necessary to uh, a- attack that challenge and the challenge isn't too difficult in the way in which we're engaging with it, uh, then we have a chance of succeeding and thus being able to, uh, you know, enter that, that more optimal flow state. So that's part of it. I-, I think a good example for you, Wei, is that I'm sure when you start at jujitsu, uh If you were matched up with someone who had been doing it for three years, that would not be enjoyable for you. And thus, you wouldn't enter some sort of flow state. The challenge had to be like the right amount where you wouldn't necessarily get bored because it's too easy, but you also wouldn't get frustrated and anxious because it's too hard. Would you agree?
1: Completely agree. In fact, like I was watching up, I was looking at a summary of... um, of of the book and there's like a you know a very simple chart that basically illustrates this and if there's a way for me to to show it on the stream and i'm sure there is and i'll figure it out later i will do it but it's basically like a, a line graph where like on one on the y, on the y axis is challenge on the x axis is skill and if something is too much uh towards challenge without enough skill then you get anxious but if it's too much too little of a challenge um, with without, I guess you know, uh, with a high, and if you if you have a high level of skill attached to it, then you get bored. What you want to do is find something that is uh, essentially, you know, goes completely diagonal in, in what they call the flow channel.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, real absolutely. quick, shout out, shout out to Miles in the comments saying he used to watch Cafe Hangout on 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 the Peloton. I'm curious what Miles is doing right now as he's hanging out with in, in the wellness policy with us. Um, but yeah, so what's, what I, what I really like about the theory uh, as we continue is that there is personal responsibility involved. Okay. So it's up for us to decide, is this too easy or is this too hard? Um, more generally in the theory, uh, he talks about just this idea of, uh, the autotelic experience and, and simply that just means self-directed goals. Okay. So when we're engaged in, in something that may achieve an optimal flow state, it's our choosing to do it. It's, it's enjoyable. That doesn't mean that it's often pleasant. We could be doing something really difficult, but because there's challenge and skill involved and it's our choice to engage in it, well, then it can be uh, enjoyable, even if that doesn't mean necessarily pleasant. The, and that could be uh, being, being a, a surgeon, a brain surgeon, for instance. That may not necessarily be like the most pleasant, fun thing, but there are surgeons who find great uh, joy and enjoyment and purpose in doing it because of these things that we've laid out. Uh, beyond uh, the, the, the first condition I mentioned, a, a challenging activity that requires skill, there's clear goals and there's immediate feedback. So, way when you're rolling with someone, uh, you know what the objective is and you know if you are achieving it or not. So there's structure to the experience. Right. So this is important, too. There is we're able to like make sense of the engagement in the activity. Uh, And and finally, just to be brief about it, uh, the ability to concentrate. So this means that we're actually bringing uh, he uses the term uh, psychic energy. I like just to use the term attention. Right. You're just bringing your attention to the experience. So uh, in this model, one could argue that simply just like vegging out and watching TV wouldn't necessarily be. Uh, uh, a flow experience if it's just really passive attention and it's just kind of background and, and we just want to relax. So if we're achieving this more optimal flow state, our attention is really being brought to the surface. We have uh, a high level of engagement, uh, whether it's performing music uh, or uh, engaging in jujitsu or hosting a podcast.
1: One of the interesting things I found in his research was that um, he says that despite the fact that, you know, from his findings, people enter flow states way more often when they're actually working, when they're doing their job, when asking people whether they would like to be working, they would say no and that they would rather prefer to be, you know, basically sitting on a couch and, and engaging in leisure even though during leisure they engage in less flow state mm-hmm. how how do you explain that
2: I, I think to the point earlier is that it's this sense of how how much we are actively engaged, and the key word being actively It's an active process to be in a flow state uh, again shout out to to miles following up. He just smoked a bowl, so uh, perhaps uh miles, because of smoking the bowl, could be. Much more present in the experience now where in the past when he was on the Peloton, perhaps hanging in the cafe, hang out and listening would have been more passive or smoking a bowl is just a way to chill the fuck out. And like he's just like kicking back and just enjoying himself, but not fully, fully in the present moment, uh, actively engaged with what we're saying. Who's to say? And again, like there is no like on or off switch with these flow states way. Like it's just it, it vacillates. So it, it's not like we are in it and then we're only in it and now we're out of it. So sometimes we can be more in it and sometimes we come in and out of it. When I'm performing music, for instance, sometimes I get really self-conscious and or something goes wrong and I'm trying to fix it and I notice that I'm not as connected, thus not as uh, in, intertwined with that flow state. And then it's my responsibility to try to find my way back to that. Um, uh, and, and again, Another kind of, uh, I think, big piece of his theory is this sense of self-consciousness. And often when we're in a flow state, we are not uh, focused solely on ourselves and, and the ways in which we may judge ourselves or be in fear of how other people treat us. So with the example of work, for instance, uh, again, it is up to us to really make meaning of whatever we're doing, even if it is work. And even if most people that we're doing it with hate the work. Right. So but if we are in a flow state and we're not really concerned about these external things of I, I'm doing this right now because I want to impress the boss or I'm doing this right now because this will help me make more money in the future. Um, as examples, if you're really just in it for the sheer enjoyment of doing it, anything can be a flow state, even if it's something that other people would look at and say, like, that looks hard or Or boring um, or just undesirable
1: I'll tell you uh, like an instance where like I really kind of discovered that recently was like uh, well first of all uh, this year as as many people know I was I was lucky enough to become a homeowner so I was lucky enough to uh, uh, have a mortgage for the rest of my life but uh, you know in my in my home we we don't have a dishwasher so I've been like you know hand-washing dishes I fucking love washing the dishes like it's it's an enjoyable activity to me. I have like I have my whole system, you know, like I'll I'll take all the plates out, I'll stack them in like the perfect order, I'll put them off to the side, and then I'll fill the tub with water, and like one by one, systematically, I will do this and I'll soak this while I'm I'm doing the other stuff. And then like I'm going through the whole process as if it's a game every single mm-hmm. time. And I fucking love it. And by the end of it, I look at my accomplishment. I'm like, I'm super proud of myself. So for me, like that kind of felt like it was this book applied to like the reason why I might've enjoyed something like that. And, you know, there are several chapters where it kind of goes on talking about um, how when you approach any sort of challenge with this sort of mentality, you can actually like enjoy yourself. And something that was like uh, super interesting in one of the chapters was talking about how he talked to people who had suffered uh, from paralysis, or something as like as catastrophic as blindness, and I don't imagine this to be a universal like I don't know uh um perhaps opinion of people who have suffered from such things. But he some of the examples he cited was that for the several people, it was obviously a bad thing, but also in a good a good thing in that it helped them mm, focus like but he, one of the samples he gave was somebody who felt pretty aimless in their life didn't really feel like they accomplished a whole lot but um the moment that like you know this terrible injury occurred to them they you know they they knew what they had to do their mind their main direction in life at that point was to try to have as normal a life as possible using their limitations mm-hmm. um and to me it's almost like a reminder that you know, you can find happiness in many situations. I'm not going to say in any situation because there are certainly terrible ones out there where y- you might not be able to, but in many situations you can find happiness and it's not necessarily contingent on how much money you're making or, you know, I don't know, even like whatever, have your possessions, certainly.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and maybe even a, a a more effective word than happiness could just be meaning. Right. So there's a really well-known book uh, by Viktor Frankl, who was a Holocaust survival. The Man's Search for Meaning, I believe it's called. And look, being in the most extreme, horrific circumstances, uh, many people break. And rightly so. I mean, and and to use a a lesser but still really serious, dire example, uh, what many of us have experienced over the past year during this pandemic. Uh, But again, it's not so much what's happening to us. It's how we choose to relate to it. It's how we choose to respond to it. So for whatever the reasons are, way you enjoy washing dishes. Again, with this theory, like there are very clear goals, uh, and there's immediate feedback if you're doing it well or not, and it's enjoyable for you. Uh, I kind of relate to that as well. Um, But in these more perhaps uh, extreme examples like a pandemic, uh, there are many people that have responded to it by feeling like a victim and saying like this is happening to them and maybe uh, it's it's everyone else's fault. Um, look, I lost a lot of my income based on what I do, uh, facilitating drum circle experiences over the past year. Uh, one of the immediate things I did initially was we started the Chocolate Croissants podcast again because we had this built-in community and it felt like a productive use of our time in that initial week of lockdown back in uh, late March. Uh, that was my responsibility to do something with the external conditions of living through a global pandemic, right? But it's our responsibility to make meaning and to be on the hook for the conditions of our lives, even though much of, us, much of it is outside of our control. I don't think there's anything you or I could have done to have prevented the global pandemic, but we have 100% control in how we choose to respond to it and how we choose to relate to it. I chose to look at it as an opportunity, Right. So there were all kinds of things I could have done given the free time and given that a lot of people's attention was now uh, on social media and just on their phones. Uh, And I did what I could around those things to help me uh, get closer to what my broader North Stars in life are as far as uh, bigger goals and objectives for myself. Um, But that was my responsibility. That doesn't mean that I haven't experienced a ton of fear and a ton of anxiety, and some depression, and and a lot of sadness. And uh, there's things that I haven't like I've been to a concert in 10 months, I haven't played a concert in over a year, like that shit sucks. And that's to be respected the ways in which I don't like that. And it makes me feel fearful, um, or sad. But at the same time, those things, I don't allow it to consume me. And that's ultimately a choice that I make. For some people, that's harder to do. And I probably experience more anxiety than the average person, I think. Uh, But again, it's my responsibility throughout my life to find strategies and and coping tools uh, to deal with it instead of uh, just uh, becoming an alcoholic or just blowing all my money on watches um, or uh, going out into the world and punching people in the face.
1: You know, like, sometimes I get the sense it's like people don't really people find feel kind of guilty talking about like a perhaps a positive aspect of the pandemic that they might have come away from because so many people are suffering so many people are, are are doing so terribly people are dying people are losing their jobs their homes um but i i don't think we should be ashamed if you know for instance jordan like you you were able to like develop something that you weren't able to you know people in the chat room are talking about like um you know uh starting therapy because of the pandemic and coming out the better for it um i i feel like we should be able to celebrate those things while at the same time of course being respectful for the people who weren't able to but um this is a, like a year where definitely everybody has ha- tried to like you know make lemons out of lemonade and you know to varying degrees of success but i i you know this would certainly be something where i'd love to hear from the audience today of like, how are some examples where they might have been able to perhaps use the pandemic to their advantage? Uh, but also maybe ways that they were able to find flow states in everything that they do. Cause I'm certainly like, even after reading the book, um, I'm looking for, for these things myself. What are some other areas, Jordan, that you, you think you could pick up, uh, where you can, you know, investigate flow state a bit more.
2: You're just saying like in my own personal life. Yeah. Um, well here, I'll give you a, a really present example. I noticed that as I started paying attention to the comments in, in the Zoom chat, my attention was being diverted from the conversation you and I are having right now, and I had to make a conscious effort. Uh, maybe you 10 weren't paying ago. attention? I, no, I, it's too hard, man. I can't do it all. I'm not Davey Portman. I mean, that guy is, is like a beast beyond uh, anything I've experienced before, as far as effectively navigating, uh, multiple streams of attention. The, the uh, chats the
1: is podcast. too good. The chat's just, chat is just too entertaining.
2: We're really, uh, like, we're
1: really here for the chat. The podcast is just background noise
2: uh, this this. Well, well to each their own, perhaps, uh, look, I, I want to be engaged in the comments. Uh, but right now I noticed that at least the type of dialogue that you and I are engaging in, uh, I, I wanted to be more in a flow state. I wanted to be more fully present. I wanted to offer more attention to the conversation, uh, knowing that most people listening to this uh, won't uh, be engaged in, 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 the, in the comments right now. Um, so that was just my own self-awareness of, hey, I need, I'm paying attention. I'm simply observing what is happening within my experience right now. I'm not liking the results. My, uh, my objective of having a valuable podcast to share with the world uh, i'm not meeting the mark in that moment so uh, my responsibility is to now shift my attention more onto the 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 verbal conversation that we're engaging in um and i share that really as just a, a very specific obviously um but just it just a, a a clear example that this is something we can be doing all the time this idea of simply observing our experience. I'm often trying to simply observe my experience and I ask myself a question, does this feel good? And if something feels good and it seems healthy and productive and in rhythm with my larger goals in life, then I typically do more of that. Uh, Like I've been going on Twitch with Davey and Brayden uh, more often in, in in the past month or so. Like that's fun for me. And when I'm doing that, I'm in something closer to an optimal flow state. So to answer your question from earlier, like that is one of the newer things that I have been doing that I feel like uh, gives me this sense of being hyper-present and having clear goals and objectives and not being so focused on judging myself in the moment. And I'm just simply like flowing through the experience in which we may go for three hours and often it may feel like 30 minutes.
1: Do you notice within yourself maybe a distinction between, because there I'm sure there are many things that feel good, but how do you distinguish something that feels good that's uh, beneficial for you mm-hmm. and something that you know is maybe not as beneficial for you? Right. So
2: like eating a donut feels good, but I also know that that is not beneficial for my health to eat donuts every day and multiple of them. Might be good obviously. for your mental health. Uh, it could be brief to a point, uh, you know, I try to treat things like that or even soda like, as dessert. So it's not the thing I always go to, um, but it's a treat. And that's how I treat it. Um, and same thing with other things in life that may not be best for us. Uh, look, I have a pretty decent understanding of what my North Stars in life are. I have a decent understanding of what bigger goals are in my life. And often when I'm choosing, how do I spend my time? How do I spend my attention? It's my responsibility to then check in and ask myself, is this getting me closer to where I want to be? So when my objective was incredibly clear for a year and a half way, I want to have a uh, a position within Ring of Honor, which is uh, where, I don't know if like leadership position was necessarily the, the, the thought in mind, but I wanted to have influence. I didn't want to just like, work at any wrestling company and just be told what to do and not have my voice be valued and heard in that. So I had a very clear objective for a year and a half. And for those 18 or so months, many of my behaviors directly mapped to that future outcome that I wanted to happen, that I wanted to occur at some point in the future. I didn't know I would do it for a year and a half. Again, I had my own uh, uh, strategies or models of how to make things that are really desirable, uh, come true for me. Uh, but if I'm getting up in the morning or if I'm laying in bed at night and I'm deciding like, what do I want to do? I take in mind those things. If something feels really good, uh, but it may start impeding my ability to be productive towards what I want. Well, maybe that's at the point that I say, you know what, this may feel good. This may taste good. Uh, this, this may, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to like, keep going down that rabbit hole, but I guess those are the, the, uh, the, the, the limits maybe that I set for myself. And um, in, in, again, just being aware, having that relationship with myself and, and asking, yeah, this feels really good, but is this productive? Is this getting me closer to what I want? Uh, but again, it's just checking in and being able to have these conversations with ourselves.
1: Sure. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that that was one of the things that in the book that they're trying to get at, too, is being aware of your environment and not necessarily placing blame on an external factor for perhaps where you are in your life, but realizing that you are one piece of a larger puzzle. And, you know, if something one of the things I, I, I really enjoyed when I was reading it was how basically it talks about how the, the he says the world is wrapped in chaos and Mm. our job is to try to organize it so you know none of us are entitled for for good things to happen to us like we're in the midst of like you know uh just rocks and gases and like we're just one kind of tiny speck in, in something that like you know owes us nothing but um it's, it, you know, um, I guess enjoyment at least partially comes down to how we're able to organize this chaos into something that um, maybe makes sense to us, maybe even works for us to our benefit. So, I, I you know, it, it, it's it, you require a bit of an awareness of everything that's around you in order to um, not necessarily, you know, simply place blame on. Why is, there, why is it raining today? Or, or like, why is there why is there a meteor? Why is there a pandemic? Like, these are things that none of us have control over, but how we react to it is entirely, what we do with the circumstances is entirely up to us.
2: Absolutely. Uh, when I was more introduced to like Eastern wisdom traditions, like Buddhism, for example, when I was about 19, 20 years old, uh, part of the mental wisdom is like life is suffering. And when I first heard that, that was so freeing for me because then it was like, okay, we can acknowledge that life, we, like, we, we can't expect it to always be good. We can't always expect it to feel good or to work out in our favor. But what I liked about that was the ownership of that reality. And then it becomes our responsibility to do something about it. Um, but why do you think religion has uh, been so predominant in, in all of our cultures for millennia now? I mean, to it it helps us like answer these questions of like what is this like why are we here what's the point of this what happens when we die like that creates some sort of order in what uh, ostensibly is chaos
1: mm mm-hmm. absolutely it's um it's it's a system it's a textbook with which you can read sort of this like very complicated uh like uh, language of like reality right so, you know, that that was something that, like, uh, I definitely gravitated towards. Were there any other points that you wanted to bring up from the book?
2: Not necessarily. I think I, like, uh, kind of hit on, on, on much of them. Um, look, with, with those listening, I, I guess my aim isn't to make uh, this conversation and even the wellness policy more generally uh, this, like, didactic, um, like, quote, like, educational kind of thing. Of course, like we want to learn and that's great. Um, but I don't want these conversations to feel like they're with uh, out of someone's grasp. You know, all we're really talking about is trying to find ways to find life to be more enjoyable and, and to to help, help us like do the things we actually want to be doing in life. You know, like I, I coach people now uh, more professionally in helping them identify and accept the things that they actually want to be doing in life uh, and namely in the ways they make their money. And then, and then figure out strategies and ways to, to make that a reality. Um, and this is why I, I kind of like engage with conversations like this, because this information does exist. Uh, there's people like, you know, like Mihai who has spent his lifetime uh, carving out, his theoretical uh, approach to this. Um, but like, I, I guess I'm just right now I'm trying to express like, we're, we're just trying to like enjoy ourselves, you know? And these are like tools and conversations that uh, at least for way. And I have been interesting and helpful. Um, yeah um at this like there's a
1: lot of activity in the chat room i encourage everybody or anybody listening if you want to share perhaps what is your flow state how have you been navigating this pandemic for benefit for 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 good or or you know for for bad uh if you have any follow-up recommendations about the topic i'd love to hear from you right now so raise your hand in the zoom chat room we will uh occasionally uh go to you so uh if any of you are brave enough to be the first we will take your call and let's go to the man who's busy at work right now down in Chicago. His name is Scrump. Scrump, what's going on?
5: Bang, bang, you guys. How you doing? Bang, bang. What's up? <laughs> what up, Scrump? Good, good. I'm just I'm here at work uh, right now listening to, to this wonderful chat between you guys. It is something I've been genuinely um, interested in since you guys brought it up. You know, I, I talked about it with Jordan a lot, and uh, I think one of, for myself personally, one of the things that's helped keep me sane actually during the pandemic and in a flow state um, has been just the podcast itself. Um, Like, I don't know about you way just being able to talk to someone, especially that isn't someone that you immediately live with, um, you know, yourself with John and whoever else you podcast with, like it is just nice to be able to just talk and especially when it's not, about one particular subject. Like, I imagine there must be a lot of, like, other banter with you and John, you know, right before you guys actually start recording. Like, I I personally enjoy when you guys just talk about your day, you know, things like that. And I've often joked about how, for myself, the podcast is sort of, like, free therapy because uh, it is just nice to be able to, to, to talk about what's going on and it's kind of like with me and Jordan touch talking about one's feelings, especially within like the male, like community isn't a thing. Like I'm, I'm lucky that I've got friends, um, that talk openly about how they feel, you know, whether it's, Oh, we're happy. I don't know. Got to raise at work or something or they're upset about something. Um, but personally for me, it's just been like the community that, has grown from, again, from doing my own podcast. And then people I've met, again, through post-wrestling. Uh, Excuse me. I'm out of mm. breath. I'm over here working. But, no, I mean, for the most part, it's just been, yeah, yeah. like I said, the podcast I, has been.
1: I I totally echo your sentiments, obviously, you know, as somebody who, who you know, do, does it professionally. it's um I don't know how I would be in the pandemic without a podcast. I mean, number one, because it's my job. But, secondly, because it is my – it's basically my my social like life right now you know just being able to communicate with somebody so um i definitely am grateful for the ability to have that audience and to have uh people talk back to me and uh hopefully you know we can encourage other people to you know share if, if they're looking for that as well i'll let you get back to work scrump always appreciate it and for people who haven't listened yet Jordan Goodman is a guest on the PWT cast this week, so if you're interested in this man that I'm talking to, uh, you can learn about, a bit more about him in, in the hour that he spent with Scrum. So thanks a lot, Scrum.
2: Awesome, yeah, guys. Take care. thanks. Thanks, Scrum. Wait, if I could real quick, I relate yes. to him in the sense that, and I've told you, uh, I enjoy often listening to you and John, uh, or now you know you and your fiance Pauline, like just chat about your lives often more so than your feelings about an episode of SmackDown, for instance. Um, As human beings, we are biologically programmed to be social. And to your point, uh, thank God you have a podcast right now. Uh, As I said earlier, one of the first things I did in response to a lockdown was start up this podcast and, and private Facebook community again that we cultivated a few years ago. Because I know I get a lot of energy And thus a lot of my mental health is often dependent on my socialization and a global pandemic is a, is a really bad time to, to be doing that in person, obviously. Um, So I have found community through the law and then post wrestling uh, because I've just naturally enjoyed the conversations that that you and John have engaged in for years. Uh, So I totally relate to scrump in that sense. And we need these things to feel uh, healthy and connected.
1: Let's go to Hansi. Hansi, you're up next. Please unmute yourself.
6: Hey, what's going on? Uh, I, I came in a little bit late, and I apologize, but uh, from what I've heard so far, man, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to listen to the whole thing. Um, but yeah, no, um, th- this kind of nice. hits home with the mental illness thing kind of hits home with me with, you know, because like, um, like, the thing is like, I've been, I've been using my time basically to start my own podcast and do my own thing. But at the same time, like I'm on like a different app where I used to like, I used to be on the Periscope app where I used to like do my, like where I used to go to Twitter and I know there's a community there and I became friendly with them. But like a lot of them are like, like they're in the same position I was back in 2009, 2010, when I was trying to get, you know, um, uh, you know, get like attention for being known. Right. And I think what happens is like, if you're a mentally ill person and you're like, becoming like quote-unquote a public figure and there's like more amplifiedness to you uh becoming like a crazy like like just saying crazy stuff and constantly being in drama I try to tell people hey listen I've been in that same position I was doing shock value stuff I was saying horrendous things whenever like I would get mad because I thought it would get buzz so I've been trying to tell people like, they shouldn't like you, you shouldn't feel the need to get into drama. I know people will get mad and go, Oh, it, uh, these these kind of podcasts are so boring because it's all peaceful and all that. Everyone wants drama, unfortunately. So, at least I've used my my experience. Into telling other people they don't gotta go, through, they don't gotta do that, and be a clown online for clicks and drama and all that. And uh, sometimes it, it, it doesn't resonate because every everyone getting hot, getting a high off, getting the attention. But I use my experience from you know being on the Howard Stern show and kind of being known as a crazy guy to kind of uh, show people I have a, a more ser- a more serious side, a more a more like you know human side. And I, I thank Wei and John for like letting me on because they could have easily been the guys to go, you know, Hansy used to be crazier, but he comes on our show and he's like so much calmer. And I I actually feel like I'm welcome here. Not by by the, even the post audience, even because they uh, make me, they make me feel like I'm like, you know, a good dude um, without having to make me be a clown for everyone. You know what I mean? that kind of helps with my mental, mental illness. You know what I mean?
1: Thank you very much for, for sharing, Hansi. But, you know, let me just say, like anything that you might feel from the community is a f- reflection of how you conduct yourself. You know, the, the only reason why um, we're respectful to you is because you've been extremely respectful to us. You, you know, every time you call in, you're very respectful of your time. You're very concise with your words. You're eloquent with your words. So, you know, we we simply react the same
6: way. No, I listen. I, 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 and I and I appreciate that. No, because other shows like other shows like like I do the same thing with like let's say bust it open, right? But then like eventually when I if I get too boring, someone like Bully Ray will try to like you know mock me for being banned on the Stern show. So he'll try to like conjure up like me going nuts, and then you know it turns into like you know his fan base kind of getting on me, and you know and I know I know what you're saying totally, but I I completely thank you. For not like you know going down that like shyster role where you guys are forcing me into like you know a mental. Because I mean, this is why I kind of enjoy this podcast the most. It feels more safe for me than being on a Periscope because everyone just wants to create drama because that's what sells. Unfortunately, it's like I I I I try to wrap my head around it, but everyone wants to become that, so I become kind of disillusioned when people are being super politically incorrect. And I'm trying to tell them, you know, dude, I used to be that same way. I used to think it, I to think it was cool, but it, it it really, you you will feel more miserable because whenever I snap on somebody, I have to spend like an hour by myself to kind of reflect, like, why did I snap on that person? Why did I say horrendous thing, whatever, right? Because I have, you know, but I mean, listen, man, I, I just thank you guys for like, you know, being nice and everything like that. And I'm good, I'm gonna enjoy this podcast. And Jordan, you're doing a great job, bro. I, I really I really I, I this is my first time hearing you. I think I heard you on Scrum's podcast, but bro, um, I I, I look forward to the um to more of these when you guys do them. Um, Thank you for taking my call away.
2: Thank you, Hansi. Thanks, Hansi. I really appreciate that, man. And much respect to you for you know being open, and vulnerable enough to share publicly in that way. Uh, look, I've worked with Bully Ray uh, for for a little while, and while he was I've, I learned a lot from him, uh, but look, he is in the entertainment business. And I think on his platform of Sirius XM, uh, he knows the goal is to entertain. And we live in a culture to your point, Hansi, where entertainment for uh, many of us uh, is often uh, perhaps a bit mean spirited, or at least we're not taking into consideration the humanity of those that we're interacting uh, with. I think John and Way have a much more grounded space. Uh, that they've carved out for themselves and it's allowed them to uh, perhaps go at a slower pace instead of uh, jumping on opportunities to uh to, to maybe pop their audience in it for by grabbing that low hanging fruit for instance um at the same time like having these kind of conversations it doesn't mean that we have to like create the sense of serenity and peace and it has to be boring you know like mm-hmm. i'm i'm Like, I like being absurd. I like being funny. For whatever reason, I have a fucking cowbell. And I've often, for 10 years plus, as I've uh, built my career as a mental health professional, to the point where I've done multiple keynotes at state psychology conferences, because I'm a younger guy and because I'm the drumming guy, I felt that I needed to uh, kind of put the humor away and put the irreverence away. And I realized... By doing that and trying to be seen as more credible and more legitimate, uh, and maybe in ways I needed to do that to at least get some people on board initially, I realized that in the past year, when I've allowed myself to be more expressive and to be more uh, just absurd and irreverent, I actually feel more alive as myself. I feel more confident. I feel more energized. And because I pull at that end, I've found that I'm able to pull at the opposite end in even more meaningful ways where we're having conversations like the one we're having right now.
1: Let's go with uh, Miles. Miles, please unmute yourself. You're on the air. What's up?
2: Hey
7: how how is everybody? Hey what's up Miles? Good to be with you. Thanks for listening. Great to be with you. Um yeah, so I think you know this is obviously just such a, a great conversation as is and you know for for me I think the, the biggest thing that's helped me is, is, is finding, you know, community, right? And I think, you know, for me, a big piece of my own mental health journey has been my gender transition, right? I've been um, going through gender dysphoria for my whole life, right? And naturally gravitate to uh, wrestling as a, <laughs> as, a, as a source of entertainment. But, you know, it's, it's sort of one of those things where even wrestling, my safest space is a place that will mock me. Right. And oh, you'll also find yeah. fans as a place that will mock you. Right. Or, you know, I would go to StarCast and, you know, it, it wrestling has a sort of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, reputation of being a little bit more lowbrow. Right. And kind of bringing in people that share some values that maybe I don't. Right. Um, and I would even call them values, share some, you know, uh, horrible views on the world that I don't. And, you know, it's, it's been nice through, you know, channels like post wrestling or, you know, through, you know, I listened to another podcast called the laps fan where I've been able to, to meet people that are like me and meet people that respect people and meet people that are, you know, including you rather than not including you. Right. And one of the hardest things when you enter a year, like last year was, okay, now all of that community that I found comfort from, is completely stripped away from me, right? And mm-hmm. um, now I'm left to focus on my own mental health. And I think we've been talking in the in the chat about how it's, you know, a very difficult thing to come away from a year like last year, but it was very difficult from other people and looking at your own growth and your own betterment, right? And for me, I took 2020 as a year that could have been very terrible, could have been very filled with suicidal thoughts, instead was like, I'm going to Go see a gender therapist for the first time. I'm going to focus on my depression for the first time, right? I'm going to um, do all of these things so you can be the best version of yourself. Jordan, to your point, you embrace the the funny aspects of, your, of who you are and it more fulfilled you. So, you know, by me being able to look into therapy for the first time and to finally embrace my gender identity for the first time, I can now go back to work and use it as instead of my biggest weakness as my biggest strength, right? I'm a, I'm a recruiter. And for me, it's really important that I have and build a diverse staff within the company that I work for. And now I feel like I can do that with a little bit more authenticity, right? And I can do that with a little bit more confidence because, you know, I'm not just behind a cause of trying to hire a bunch of people and promote a cause of diversity. I'm part of that diversity and I can tell my story and share what means a lot to me and hopefully bring that out of other people too, especially people that might be in the wrestling business or like Hansi, that feels like they have to be funny or act a certain way because wrestling or entertainment has told us that that's okay for so long. And, um, I just love these conversations because it shows that there's people that like things that you like that have a like-mindedness and we can create a community within one another. And I think, especially in years like last year, that's so, so huge.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for, well, first of all, congratulations. Um, and Bye. and thank thank you very much for sharing. This like that type of thing is exactly like what I'm hoping to get out of a a, a podcast like this is for us to be able to you know talk about things uh, beyond just uh, again what we watch on on a Monday to a you know a Monday Wednesday or a Friday. And uh, because I really do sense like we've been lucky enough to cultivate a really good audience here that I think. Um, wants to learn a bit more about each other beyond simply, you know, yeah, just the wrestling conversation. So, thank you so much, Miles, for sharing.
3: How much respect, Miles. Thank you.
1: We go up next to John Taylor. John Taylor, what's going on?
3: Hey guys. Um, so as I was kind of reflecting on the past year, uh, pandemic, kind of the things that I had been using to uh, cope with mental health. A lot of it, I thought, was uh, the routine of wrestling, kind of, um, especially, I'll give you a little background. So I I got moved to a remote job. Um, I work remotely, pretty much have been at home since last March, aside from going to the grocery store, anything essential. Um, And sometimes you tend to lose kind of track of what day it is. And a lot of times the days tend to be based on what what wrestling shows on. Um, what I started realizing, I actually made this joke in the Zoom chat last week. I think last week I had uh, signed on to five post wrestling Zoom chats because yes, you had a you did. yeah. And, <laughs> I appreciate and so, that. And I was thinking about that, and I started to realize. And um, when I saw the email for today's show, and I realized kind of how my reaction to it was. Oh my god, I can't wait for to get on the chat, um, Jordan. I actually heard you, I believe, on the PED uh, BDE podcast. Um, and so I was really excited to hear from you again. So I'm, I'm really glad you guys are doing this, but thanks, um, John. the biggest thing I, I started to realize was I, how much of a, a coping or mental health mechanism, even something like post wrestling for me is, because if I think about it as my days are just kind of blurring through, at least for me, I, I I look forward to, it's like, oh, cool. Zoom chat. Get to see all the usuals. Get to see, you know, Brandon, Hansi, Andrew, uh, John Sino, uh, guys like that. And even if I don't always call in for like the end of the show, um, we're always talking to chat. Sometimes we have what we call the pre-post show uh, before even way comes in. Uh, good times. Um,
1: I miss a lot on these pre-post shows. Uh, the the yeah.
3: Val Venus impressions. Those are yes. some of the best. Um and then I, I kind of just, I I just wanted to really thank you guys and thank the community as a whole, because I I sincerely believe for me, and it may not be for everybody, that part of the reason I was able to get through the last year without having a complete mental breakdown was having the podcast, having the Zoom chats to, to go to, having that community. And that's kind of the one thing we've been talking about a lot. And even within wrestling, there are different communities. Like they talk about, you know, there's wrestling Twitter. Um, You know, Wrestling Observer has their own community. Different places have their own communities. Post-wrestling has their own community and our own, quote, cast of characters. Um, But I think the biggest thing about – and I apologize. I'm not a very eloquent person. Um, Doing great. I think the biggest thing about, for me – is the fact that it really does feel, even though I never met any of you guys in person, you know, like a bunch of friends, a support system. And years from now, when things go back to, quote, normal, you know, I'm going to look back on these days. I'm going to be like, how crazy is it that there's a possibility that a, a wrestling podcast got me through an entire year of my life? And I even sent a, um, a little message on Patreon to a couple different people, including um, Davy and Braden, Basically, think, and I think even did to you, Way, kind of thanking you guys for the last year and how important it was to me personally. And so I just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, maybe to someone on the outside, it would seem really stupid. Um, but within our little community and within, I think, what a lot of us are going through and not talking about it you can't understate the importance of having even a little podcast community like post wrestling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you very much, uh, John. Um, it goes both ways. You know, absolutely. Uh, you know, what you get out of it is uh, something that obviously helps, helps all of us. Um, and, and you sharing right now, I'm sure has helped a lot of people just perhaps uh, echoing your sentiment. Um It's one of the absolutely the proudest things I think John and I are are of is the ability to facilitate something like this. And, uh, uh, you know, something I've realized and with the help of Jordan actually helping me realize this, is that like something like this is uh, not to be taken uh, for granted. And, you know, in fact, um, my goal is to try to expand it. And this is why I want to suggest things like the Discord, things like the message board is to help you guys be able to communicate with one another outside of simply, you know, opportunities like this. Somebody in the chat room actually suggested that we start a wellness policy channel in the Discord. So, you know, uh, to talk about topics that maybe we talk about on the show or just to simply check in. So we'll definitely be doing that and looking for various other opportunities. Can't really have any meetups at the moment, uh, but as soon as we can, I think we will go right back to that. But uh, virtually, we'll try to do as much as we can.
2: Yeah, John, uh, thank you for sharing that. I think it's important that you shared that specifically because I'm sure there's a lot of people in the Zoom chat right now, but probably many more listening later, uh, that identify with what you shared. And maybe they just didn't have the realization of that. Perhaps they didn't have the language uh, or just the ability to acknowledge that. But having someone like you in their community verbalize that, it normalizes this experience for many of us. Uh, there are a lot of people in the world right now who have had a really hard time over the past 10 months just keeping their shit together. And rightly so, beyond just the, the economic turmoil that many of us uh, experience, uh, just the fact that there's this invisible virus out there in which in, in my country, in the States, 400,000 people have died from it. Like that is scary. That is terrifying, mm-hmm. and 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 the fact that uh, our our lives have been like completely radically changed because of it, and uh, many of us are in much more isolation, both in the physical environments, but obviously socially as well. Uh, we need things like you're suggesting uh, in in the ways that post wrestling has, has functioned in your life the past ten months, John. So I uh, respect for sharing it because I think. Uh, That helps affirm many other people's uh, own experience in hearing you say that.
1: Thank you very much, John, for the call. Let's. uh, uh, We hope to hear from all you guys again next next uh, month because this will be a monthly podcast, and uh, we go up next to hacksaw Jim Powers as he's known on the message board, but um, I know him as Chris. What do you prefer?
0: I prefer Chris. I was actually gonna gonna say. You know, the only people who, who would know that would be those from the uh, from the law days, perhaps who were paying very close attention. But the uh,
1: fact checker himself.
0: I know the fucking fact checker. Um, so what's going I'm, on? I'm very happy to 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 join this um you, you've
1: really made quite the comeback i have to say chris i mean after being absent for a good three years you've really like i've seen you everywhere now the fact check thread is is bumping again it's you're in the discord you're in all of our live chats i really appreciate you coming back so so uh such full
0: force i know i'm a little worried i'm I'm being too hard on brandon actually oh, but on, it's love man. it's all love always um, always <laughs> um,
1: what's on your mind Chris? yeah
0: well uh this has been terrific by the way, just to, to get that out there and uh, super supportive of, of this being a regular thing and, and the, the, uh, the great idea of making a discord thread and everything else. I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I just wanted to quickly share uh, my kind of uh, wellness experience in the last year, because it was uh, these sorts of random accounts from that I'd hear from people that I don't really know. Um, that helped me confront the things that I needed to deal with and, and to get better. Um, Not to get too much into it, but uh, the, the last six months or so I've worked in uh, on Canada's uh, pandemic response kind of work. And I'm, I'm one (laughs) little cog in a giant machine. Uh, And uh, what I I wound up, finding uh, was uh, that the nature of that work uh, was almost kind of addictive because you, you see it everywhere Um, right now, you know, its impacts and, and with uh, the transition to working from home permanently, it was uh, very, very difficult to separate from work. And uh, it got to the point where I was in a pretty, dark place in november and into december uh until around december 15th or so i kind of had to pull the the emergency brake on on it and uh thankfully everyone's been fantastically supportive but that's you know you can that that's entirely why i uh you know uh have reengaged with the community here and i'm super grateful for it but it's uh you know, uh, that I've been able to focus on self-care and try therapy for the first time would always find a way to convince myself before that, it, you know, that's, that's not for me. I don't, that's not something I need. Um, but, uh, but giving it a try finally and finding it very rewarding, um, and helpful. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, it, it was very easy to convince myself that uh, you know self care was not something that that I needed as much as others. But it's it's very important for everybody to to yeah. to allow themselves to just save that time. But, you,
1: you, yeah, thank thank th- th- thank you very much, Chris. First of all, uh, secondly, like you know, it's not nearly on the same level of importance. But like I, I I certainly can relate to like being overwhelmed by work from from time to time. You know, with the wrestling schedule, of course, but um um. I think you it sounds like you absolutely made like a wonderful decision to take yourself out and to like get professional help which you know it's certainly we're grateful that you're able to engage with us a whole lot more and uh I I definitely am curious to hear more about your journey like in in the in the months to come.
0: Thanks. Yeah, and uh yeah, uh thanks again to uh to everyone here for for uh helping make this what it is. It's it's very awesome and I hope everybody has you know has enjoyed it as much as i have
2: much love chris thanks for sharing um wait if i could real quick i think it's yes, a good opportunity to share that yes of course when something like a global pandemic comes our way well yes we are often going to be in a in a moment of crisis and then perhaps it's okay what can i do to like uh, quote stop the bleeding right now because things are bad But one of the reasons I'm passionate about having uh, conversations like this, and even just the name of the wellness policy, is that many of us think of our uh, mental health as just disease or disorder. But like dental health, we brush our teeth a few times a day, and in good practice, we get our teeth cleaned and go to a dentist a couple times a year. Why would mental health be any different? So mental wellness, these are things that we can engage in and consider and talk about and practice throughout, uh, throughout our lives because when a crisis that's uh, inevitable, whether it's a pandemic or maybe the loss of someone we love uh, or the loss of a job, uh, an illness, whatever it may be, these things will come because we're living life and that's just what uh, comes with life. But if we can actually invest in our own mental wellness and start developing uh, practices and developing certain coping skills, well, then we're in a position to respond to these difficulties uh, with with greater confidence uh, and with more effectiveness.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much for that. Let's go back to the phone lines for a few more calls before we wrap things up. We go to Chris Colgan. Chris, please unmute yourself. You're on the air. What's up?
5: Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. I just want, hey, yeah, I didn't want to uh, reiterate what everybody else was saying, but I guess taking it day by day is a uh, one goal of mine, as well as uh, looking forward to like the end, you know, end of pandemic or back to what we call the new normal. So, with you know, with the uh, discovery of the vaccine and uh, therapies for that, I guess that's given me like a you know something to you know walk towards and give me some some uh, uh, feeling of uh, you know it's all gonna be better in the future. So I just mm-hmm. wanna know if you know, how your, you know, Jordan or yourself way, if uh, if that has been any assistance that know that you know the there's a bright future in you know ahead and it's not all doom and gloom. And now I'll leave it at that if you want to do a, I guess yes. uh will be back
1: on mute. Sure. Thanks, Chris uh well for me personally i mean my fiance for people who listen to uh total uh, recall um they'll know that uh she had her first dose uh, about three weeks ago so i think she's due for her next one that's been a huge relief for me personally of course um she works in healthcare, and uh you know um it, it's it's been a source of stress in our lives uh you know my concern for her but also for the people around us my parents her parents so uh it's it's been a big relief and uh i I, you know, if you're asking whether or not like I see a light at the end of the tunnel, I think the answer is yes, you know, like, that's my hope barring any really anything else. What about you, Jordan?
2: We all need hope. I mean, we all need hope in, in order to, to to cope. So so yeah, it, it it seems that there is clear light at the end of this tunnel. Um and in all kinds of different ways. Now, I think it's going to take a lot longer for me to go to a concert than it will be for me to travel and go see my parents, for instance. Um, so again, it's not like there's this on and off switch where all of a sudden we just enter this new normal. So it's gradual. But of course, having some sense of hope uh, that it is going to get better, whether it's a pandemic or anything else in life, we need that to to be able to, to have faith and to hold on and to keep... Uh, showing up and and trying and trying to to help ourselves and and to be productive um in in uh, just cases where things are difficult and can be scary um like I know for me I didn't want to wait. I know there were a lot of people back in April that just seemed like, "Yo, I'm just going to chill and sit tight and like ride this thing out." And for me it was like, "You know what? This may take a couple months." And even if that's the case, like that's a couple months of my life. And life is relatively short and precious. I think this pandemic has helped us uh, appreciate that even more. So for me, it was what can I control uh, and what things give me energy? And thus, if I engage in those things, then I am naturally going to feel more hopeful. Let's go
1: to MJ from FL. MJ, you're on the line. Please unmute yourself.
8: Oh, I got so distracted by everybody's words, um, which really, like, made me start thinking. And I echo a lot of them, um, especially John Taylor, who had called in and really kind of hit at home something that I have felt since the inception of post-wrestling and going back to the law days. Um, in a way, you may th- – this may ring some truth with you. Like, I've always discussed the community as mm-hmm. being a reflection of the hosts oh, and yeah. – you and John have made this a tremendous welcoming environment for both listeners, people that want to contribute. Um, somebody like Jordan who gets you know is now hosting a show and been actively involved. John Sino, who I know is as well, it's like a reflection of you guys opening your arms to your listeners, which hopefully in turn provides loyalty and, and a nice business model for you. But it provides so much more for us because I think we all probably would say we get our values worth in just the community and the consistency. Um, I think that's something that in the pandemic really hit me was not walking to work. I'm not listening to you guys at the same time. I'm not able to go to some of my safe places, whether it be, you know, a place in the city I would go to kind of unwind or even just kind of like my old stomping grounds since I relocated. So I've had to find new safe places and new comfort zones and new things to look forward to. And like on the calendar and in the daily routine. And that's been a lot of your shows. Um, somebody mentioned earlier the wrestling aspect of this, that like, you know, the days of the week based on the wrestling shows. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that whatever it is we do in our lives, that we have something to kind of note the day, note the time, and like something to look forward to or something that feels consistent. Obviously this year consistency has been lacking in all of our usual, um, Kind of routines have been upended. And the the one thing that I'll, I wanna circle back to something you guys said, and maybe Jordan can opine on this and give some thoughts. Um, Jordan, if I'm correct, you, you've had quite a bit of experience in the social media space and in the marketing space. And I wonder what you think about the way that culture and the way we share some of society today in these open forums might stifle the flow Um, You know, one thing I will think about and use as an example is the stigma of mental health. It seemed like when more celebrities talked about mental health, the stigma went away and people were able to express, hey, I want to talk to somebody or they felt more confident going to talk to somebody because uh, pop culture or societal culture kind of made it okay in a way. Um, And I wonder how much you think, like, there's a little bit of groupthink that goes into stifling flow sometimes and people may not fully embrace their quote unquote flow or their quote unquote comfort, because it's somewhat not recognized as appropriate by broader um, groupthink.
2: Yeah, it's culture. Like you, you, you kind of hit it on the head. It's culture. So look within this culture of post wrestling. Obviously, John and Way have a ton of influence uh, amongst their audience. So for Way to say, I want to have conversations about mental wellness. That is going to have a clear effect on uh, his audience uh, that are attracted to that. Uh, to see someone, I, I believe, like a Demi Lovato, have national commercials repping one of the, the, the more national online therapy services. Well, the, she has a lot of cultural social currency with millions of people, particularly young people. And for her to say, hey, mental health is something to pay attention to. Hey, uh, seeing uh, or speaking with a therapist is a healthy, a safe thing to do, then, of course, that is going to uh, have dramatic effects on, on how people think um, more generally, if they have some sort of emotional social connection uh, to whomever is uh, sharing these messages. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you can let me know, MJ, if I'm speaking more specifically to the social media uh, kind of point. Uh, but but yeah, like, it's a cultural issue. And by having the conversations, uh, we can have an effect on uh, changing the culture one person at a time. And then, uh, you know, one becomes two and two becomes four. And then eventually, uh, there is groupthink and and things can change culturally.
8: Yeah, you used a better word than I did. Social currency is probably more in line with what I was thinking about, not necessarily social media, but that just idea of social influence and currency and however we consume it. Um, specific to 2020 and the pandemic, one thing that I'll note is this idea that 2020 sucked and we can't wait to end 2020. And we've had other years like this where like, that becomes a trending uh, or prevailing thought adopted by social media or adopted by communities, and whether or not that, like, you know, are people afraid to embrace positives? Miles talked very well and very eloquently about positives in his life that have come out of this time during 2020, but might he be, and I don't want to speak for him, I'll speak for myself, might I be hesitant to reflect on good things that happened for me or things that I made the best of because, you know, quote unquote, 2020 sucked, so no good things could have happened. Um, And that is also that group think aspect of it that maybe is more social media than social currency. But I think it influences people quite a bit.
2: We often get stuck in all or nothing or black and white thinking. Mm. Uh, Look, in 2020, some of the most unfortunate, uh, worst things have happened to me. And in 2020, some of the most exhilarating, incredible things have happened to me. And all of that is true.
8: Yeah, I, black and white is a very good way of saying it. And I, I, I push to everybody listening, find the silver linings and things and hold on to them because it'll help you go a lot longer than kind of like griping onto these bitterments of uh, things that have happened that are uncontrollable. Um, silver linings are a big thing for me in 2020. Uh, I'll hang up and, and you guys are doing a great job and look forward to hearing more people share thoughts because the post-universe, the post-community is a very much a safe place. And some of my proudest interactions with both the hosts and with the listeners have been moments of disagreement where it's like, let's disagree about something. Let's have a very thoughtful discussion. And then let's go right back to enjoying something we all love, which is like at the crux of the community, the wrestling. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I look forward to people continuing to be open with their thoughts and stuff and hopefully feel that they are also in a safe place.
1: Thank you for uh, so eloquently putting it, MJ. Uh, much appreciated as always. And thank you for being a leader within uh, the community so often. Let's go to uh, one more phone call here to Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott, what's going on?
4: Hey guys. Uh, how's it going? Good, Great, man. Great dude. Nice to talk to you. Um, it's, it's been, a, I know, I know it's, been under, it's kind of the usual, but I've had a tough year this year. I've, So I suffer greatly with my mental health, um, and have done for the last few years. And I I know that I was making progress of like pre-pandemic, and everything over the like the last year or so. It's 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 been difficult to find the positives for me, anyways. Um, But I know that. Again, to echo sentiments that have already been made, uh, the post-community, the up-next community, which obviously, same thing really, but that whole community has been so good and has helped me through a lot of things when friends of mine weren't necessarily there to help me. Um, and just... Um, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll give an example. I I... My my uh, oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good, dude. Um, my my dad is currently in hospital with COVID at the moment. Um, mm. and I know that I I found it tough, uh, but he, he's been in for like three weeks. But having distractions like li- listening to to John and Way, or say. Davey's twitching whatever game he's playing. Just having something there to be able to focus on for, for that hour or two and just to keep my mind off of something. Has been so like so good. And it's 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 then once that's over, I've then got to try and maintain that distraction and, and, and figure out where I'm going with that. Same as I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with this rambling. <laughs> I know. What, but, I know exactly
1: what you're trying to say, Chris. Yeah, you're. I hear you loud and clear. Um,
4: but it's 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 difficult at the moment, and it's uh, all I can say from from my own personal point of view is, and I know you you meant you both of you mentioned the word hope, and it's it's the little things where. For instance, as I say, my, with, my da- with my dad, he's had a good day today. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, you know, hopefully that then leads into another good day and another good day, and soon he'll hopefully be back and be able to go home, and 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 things will will get better. And um, and I think mm-hmm. we we all need to focus on those, on the little things, the little moments of. Um, of hope and we need to cling to them and and hopefully that'll you know it'll we'll get there <laughs>
1: it's all you <laughs> can do it's all you can do right now
4: so sorry for rambling i'm just no no yeah. not
1: at all uh thank you for for calling and thank you for sharing chris and uh, of course we we wish your dad the best um
2: F- thank so you guys absolutely. thank thank we you chris be- yeah you're you're one of the people you know that i've obviously gotten to know in a certain way over the past couple months Uh, typically when when Davey and Brayden go live in their Twitch stream I'll often pop in if I can even just for a couple minutes just to say hi and just to check in and and feel connected to you guys because it's a really lovely community that the two of them um, have been actively cultivating uh, for Mm -hmm. some time now Uh, but Chris I'm so glad that you shared in this way because now I know you and I feel connected to you in a much more meaningful way. Uh, you know, typically when we're on the Twitch, I'm going to lean into more of the, the my humor and it's going to be a different flavor of energy that it, where I'm trying to be uh, more gregarious and entertaining. Um, and so we all kind of experience each other just in that way, which is just one aspect of who we actually are as human beings. Um, So now that I've been able to engage uh, with you in in a different way, Chris, um, I do feel more connected to you and and I get a sense of who you actually uh, are a bit more. And that's definitely going to create some more just enjoyment and value and context as I continue to engage uh, with you, even in the more like playful ways, um, like what we'll do on Instagram Live uh, this Sunday, for instance.
4: Or, Or when I beat you guys in the Rumble next Thursday. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you, 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 we'll, we'll save the shit talking for Instagram. <laughs> this is a positive show.
4: Listen,
1: if you want to unleash the beast, I'll save it. I'll we'll save it.
2: I'm I'm sorry. I had to. I had to.
1: What's going on Just on it. Sunday?
2: So wait, I was going to invite you. I didn't know we would do this publicly. So I'm going to host an unnecessary conversations uh, this Sunday, nine thirty p.m eastern standard time at Jordan Beatwell on instagram and uh david davy and brady uh will start the show but anyone who is uh, participating in the up next rumble uh, next thursday uh they are welcome uh to come in to the NSR conversation and and cut their promo if they'd like i'm gonna egg everyone on and that'll create some social content that we can share in anticipation of next thursday
1: Uh, you know, if if I make it, I'll make it. Um, and more importantly, I, I, I can't wait to see like all these people, basically, be delusional about their chances (laughs) up next rumble. There's no chance. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for the call. We hope to hear from you uh, on all the other shows. Thank you, guys. Up next, man. All the best, eh? You too. Thank you. See you, man. Bye. Um. Yeah. Uh, Shout outs to Up Next and Davey Portman for doing so much like amazing stuff lately. Like I see that guy, their output and, and like all the stuff they're doing on Twitch and I'm just so impressed. He's gotten so good at it. So um, those guys are working extremely hard. So thank you, everybody. I mean, I think that that's sort of our time. About an hour and a half is maybe the length we're aiming for. And man, like, thank you all so much for like calling in and participating in the chat room. This is like, how do you feel, Jordan, about about the first episode?
2: I feel pretty good. I think we had a decent vision for what we could do, but we were open enough to see just what happened. Uh, After 90 minutes of doing this, I feel like uh, I feel better. I f- I leave with more energy. I feel certainly more grounded, and and I I look forward to doing it again and again with you, Wei.
1: Likewise, yeah. Um, I think you know, for me, I I knew the conversation between you and I, in particular, like being able to talk to you about this thing. I was pretty confident in like um you know like the engagement or at least like how how engaging the conversation would be the variable would be to like know how many people would care and how many people would be willing to even share their own stories and clearly like um there's there're plenty of you who you know, felt comfortable enough and maybe even, you know, wanted to. So this is something I definitely hope to build on. As I mentioned it, uh, I hope we don't limit the conversation just to this particular podcast, but, uh, we're going to start a new, uh, wellness policy channel on zoom. So post com slash, sorry, on discord, post com slash discord. It's, uh, basically a 24 hour chat room with all the members of the post wrestling community who want to chime in talking about really anything besides, uh, you know, pro wrestling, uh, talk about pro wrestling, of course, but also gaming, any other things, food, music, um, Jordan, what's coming up next month?
2: Oh, what is coming up next month? Uh, so Wei and I, you know, talked about this idea of having like a quote book club, uh, of sorts, and y'all are welcome to join us. Uh, we're going to read the book atomic habits by James clear and, as, as Wayne and I were kind of discussing which book should we maybe do first, uh, for me, it kind of made sense. We, we can talk about this idea of flow and building more self-awareness around the things that naturally give us more energy. And perhaps that would be a nice starting point to then say, this is something that I'm interested in naturally. And perhaps some goals could come of that. Uh, so, you know, we're still in that, that, that early, early new year time where we're thinking about new year's resolutions, uh, Obviously, we can do this at any time, of course. Um, but if you know, if you have a sense of this is what gives me energy, and perhaps uh, this is maybe something I want to set out to achieve, whether it's just a new habit, or maybe it's a big goal, uh, and you need some new uh, daily habits in order to start getting closer to that goal. Uh, I have a feeling that this book, Atomic Habits, which I have not read, but has been highly recommended to me, uh, it could help Uh, Give us perhaps some some structure, some some tips, and and maybe even some just uh, information about the science of habit formation, uh, for us to uh, perhaps commit to in 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 search of uh, creating more of what we actually want in our lives.
1: I'm quite looking forward to it. It seems like it's a really good follow up to uh, you know the things that we've been talking about. You, you know, I guess try to develop the things that you want to get better at. And it seems like this is the next step. So Atomic Habits by James Clear, uh, I'll be reading it and hopefully we'll be able to discuss it uh, in next month, along with really any any other things uh, suggest perhaps topics that you guys might want to hear us talk about in the future. Um, how is the everything else working for you with the timing and all that stuff? Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback, uh, as always, but especially with a brand-new show like this. So you can reach out to me at way0937 on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And where can people find you, Jordan?
2: At Jordan Beatwell on Instagram and Twitter. If you're interested in more of the the rhythmic uh, wellness work, I do beatwell.org. Uh, and if you want to hear me have similar conversations with all kinds of people, including Wei Ting himself, but also many musicians and and veterans and researchers and chefs, all kinds of interesting people. uh, Search chocolate croissants in your podcast app.
1: Awesome. Okay, well, uh, thank you, everybody. We'll probably talk to you tomorrow on Rewind Smackdown. Uh, This weekend, we've got coming out Fast and Furious 7 on the Rocky My Via Picture Show. We've got a UFC 257 post show. A lot of activity to p- take place in the Discord during that show. So if you're watching the Connor fight, join everybody there and then ch- catch a uh, uh, Phil chair talking John Pollock uh, on the live stream right afterwards. And then, uh, of course, Sunday, Rewind Vision, episode 3 with me and WH and Total Recall with me and my fiance Pauline talking about the birthing episodes of total bellas this season are you paying attention jordan
2: i'm not watching the episodes but i'm certainly paying attention to the podcast that you two are producing
1: okay wonderful we'll do it just for you and all of you guys listening uh thank you to everybody in the chat room we'll uh, maybe stick around for a little bit longer after we go off air uh for the podcast version to to chat but appreciate it everybody last word goes to you
2: uh, I'm having the self-awareness that perhaps you and I, Wei, have joined together and I think we just became like the Frazier of professional wrestling. The,
1: the, the one of us has to be Frazier and the other would have to be Niles, I think.
2: Is Honestly, I've never really seen Frazier. Is Niles be the
1: dog? <laughs> no, dude, that's his brother.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll be the dog. You be Frazier. You're the king of this castle. Um, but it's it's been a pleasure to... Uh, Actually, we should just watch Frazier for the next episode. Instead.
1: I don't, I don't, I've never, no interest. Um, okay. Toss, solids, and scrambled eggs. Goodbye.